Hey guys, welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast. Uh, we have a special guest today, a Mr. Ben Azadi. Uh, ben is the go-to source for uh, ketogenic lifestyle and also with intermittent fasting. He has a ambitious goal of educating and helping 1 billion people live a healthier lifestyle. He's a best-selling author, uh, three books, The Perfect he- Health Booklet, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, and The Power of Sleep. He also has a site called Keto Camp, and he is very popular on YouTube with many videos to give you the education that you need to have. We are fortunate to, tr- fortunate to have him here today uh, to help give us more knowledge, more direction, and welcome, Ben, to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Okay, guys, uh, we're here with Ben. Uh, I just introduced a little bit about you, Ben. And, uh, you know, I think that you're going to bring a tremendous uh, value and knowledge to our audience. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank you for being here. My absolute pleasure, Kevin. And then uh, I'd like, to tell, like for you to tell our audience a little bit about your background, how you came to where you're at today. Yeah, so Kevin, I'm grateful to be here with you. We're going to have a great time geeking out together on keto. Uh, Myself, personally, I grew up here in Miami Beach, Florida. My parents immigrated here from Iran in the 70s. I was born in 1984, and I was pretty much left to my own devices growing up. My parents divorced. My mom worked three jobs. Two of those jobs were at two different Kentucky Fried Chickens, by the way, (laughs) and then a Walgreens uh, store. So uh, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I followed a standard American diet. And I, that resulted in me actually being overweight and then eventually being obese. So I was a kid who was obese growing up, bullied and picked on. I had a lot of bad habits like video games and drugs and a toxic environment. And this transferred into my adulthood where I found myself as a 24-year-old obese man back in 2008. I weighed 250 pounds, physically obese, but also mentally obese, thinking toxic thoughts, depressing thoughts suicidal thoughts, wanting to give up on life, not studying any nutrition or fitness, not doing anything like that, just wanting to play video games. That was my priority, like getting the highest score and like Call of Duty or Madden football were two of my go-tos. And uh, I was going through a really difficult time in my life. My girlfriend broke up with me at that time. I was depressed. I was crying every day and I was searching for ways to end my life. And thankfully, every time I did that, I thought about my mother and I thought about the things she would have to deal with if I took my own life. So it stopped me from pursuing that. And I knew I I needed to figure things out, Kevin. So uh, enter books. You know, you see the books behind me. Uh, I was never a reader, dude. I I did the bare minimum in school. In fact, in high school, I actually dropped out my senior year and finished through night school a, a little bit late. And then I went to college and then dropped out of college. So I did the bare minimum. I hated reading but I needed, and I, was, I needed to do something. I was desperate. So I was handed a book by my best friend and his wife. And uh, they, they told me to read this book. I think it'll help you out. So I read the book and it led to a second book and a third book. And it really opened up this whole new world of authors like Dr. Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor and Dr. John B. Martini and Earl Nightingale and Jim Rohn and all these amazing people who really helped me take ownership and responsibility. 
And that word responsibility is very powerful, especially in this day and age where a lot of people lack responsibility. And that word is your ability to respond to life. Up until that point, my ability to respond was really poor. I was blaming my genetics, my environment, my enabling family members. I mean, you name it, I blamed it. So the books actually helped me take ownership. And I actually said those words out loud, which felt really empowering. I said, I am responsible. And in that moment, Kevin, I became the victor of my destiny, no longer the victim of my history, put my foot down, start to exercise, start to eat better. And nine months from then, I went from 250, 250 pounds down to 170 pounds, 34% body fat down to 6% body fat. I used to wear a size 38 jeans in my waist and I went down to a size 30. But the most important thing I achieved was not a physical six pack, although I did achieve that. It was a mental six pack. I really started to think better thoughts. And that's what got me started in the health space. I became a personal trainer and then certified as a health coach. And then I was just figuring out health along the way since then. That's an awesome story. You know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who may not have everything that you just talked about, but I'm sure they have bits and pieces, you know, that they can relate to. Um, what, what did the people around you say, you know, at that time when you were going through these changes? Well, you know, I realized as I started to make these changes that when you change, you become a threat to everybody in your life who does not change. <laughs> right. So uh, although they didn't wish me harm, it kind of pointed a mirror to what they were not doing. So I would hear the things like, oh, you know, just live a little bit or, you know, have that drink or eat these chips. And they would call me like a wussy and whatever it was. But I was so committed to the goal that those comments just deflected off of me. So it was a learning curve. And still to this day, I'll get those comments. But when you're so convicted with your goals and you put that above somebody else's opinion, that's how you're able to get the results you want. Is there anything like one certain thing that kind of like triggered everything at you at that time? Or was it just an accumulation of everything? With, the, with me making the changes, you mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was me not wanting to end my life and uh, tired of hurting. I was just, every day I would wake up and I would have to surround myself with people because uh, when I was alone, I would think about committing suicide. So I was just, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of, yeah. of just being depressed. And I wanted, I knew I had to figure things out. So for me, the turning point was hitting rock bottom. I, I knew that I was not going to take my life, but I also knew I was tired of being rock bottom. So I needed rock bottom. It was such a blessing to me. And if somebody's going through rock bottom right now, it is a blessing to you because as far down as you are in your rock bottom, you've got to think about the opposite direction. You could go as far up the other way. So for me, it was hitting that rock bottom. I used it as a springboard to launch into what I'm doing today. Yeah, I can just tell by your voice, you know, the, the change that you, you know, you probably still feel that even to this day. Uh, so we, you, you were at the point, uh, you know, you're thinking about, you know, hurting yourself. How did you get to keto from there? So when I lost the weight, I didn't do it the way that I would teach it to this day. Because uh, mm -hmm. I became one of those skinny, fit, sick people, if you will. I had digestive yeah. issues. I had acne. So uh, although I lost the weight, I wasn't necessarily healthy. So I right. wanted to figure out what exactly health was. So I was searching for different ways to do so. I became a vegan for a year and a half after reading the China study, which didn't suit me well. <laughs> <laughs> and then after leaving the vegan diet, I realized the vegan diet wasn't working for me. And I got lab work to verify that. That was in 2012, 2013. And then I started to read about this ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting. And I thought, this is super interesting. You know, our ancestors actually all did this. These are ancient healing strategies. So I decided to actually transition from a vegan to doing keto. And that was in 2013, 2014. And that was for the first time in my life that I under, started to understand health at the cellular level. And I understood 
health is actually more important than weight loss. And that's when I, it all started for me in 2013, 2014. Yeah. I, I tell people that all the time. If we get you healthy, your weight's going to come off, you know, because exactly. a lot of people come, you know, to me for weight loss and things like that. But, uh, you know, just like you said, it's the, there's healing to this. And, uh, you know, I know what's happening on the back end at a cell level. They may not understand or want to know. They just want to lose weight, but we get them healthy. And then, you know, uh, we go from there. So you, you started keto. Were you, were you doing it just kind of like reading books or cause YouTube and things like that weren't around at that time, were they? YouTube was around, but there wasn't a lot of people educating on, on keto to your point. So yeah, I, I read uh, keto clarity by Jimmy Moore. Who's now a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, I got into Dr. Papa's work, uh, Mercola a little bit, Dave Asprey, uh, Abel James who wrote the wild diet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was just from reading books and then applying on myself and then applying it to my clients at that time. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot of things along the way. Like the way that I started off doing keto is not the way that I would do it now. And I came to realize there are many, many ways to do keto. Not all of them are actually going to get you healthy. Right. So I did a little bit of some dirty keto and I stuck with it too long and I made a lot of mistakes. But now fast forward to today, I learned from all of that and now I can educate my community on the mistakes not to make. Yeah, I've been there too. So like right now uh, i have some listeners that have been with me for a long time and you know they're well well on their ketogenic uh, lifestyle but i also have some people who you know maybe new listeners uh, i've got some that maybe just be kind of kicking the tire still haven't made the, the choice to uh, make the change so if, if someone came to you right now uh, you know you've been doing it longer than i have i started five years ago and actually my wife is the one who uh, introduced me to the ketogenic diet I'm, I'm trained as a PA. And when I came, uh, when she came to me and she said, I want to try this, I looked down and thought, no way, you know, this isn't healthy. But two months of, of research, investigating, I said, this is what we need to do. And that was five years ago. So you've been doing it for, oh, how long? Eight years? Uh, years? Like, yes, seven years or so. Seven. Yeah. So like, if someone came to you right now, how, how would you tell them, this is, this is the easy steps to get started doing the ketogenic lifestyle. Yeah, great question. I would say exactly what you said a little while ago, was, which is the body does not lose weight to get healthy. It gets healthy to lose weight. And as long as you could take care of the cause, the symptom will go away as a side effect. Mm -hmm. So I would tell them that, hey, you know, technically keto is not even a diet. It's a metabolic process. And it's been around since humans have existed. Every single one of our ancestors did keto. Their environment forced them into ketosis but then they got out of it when they had the opportunity. So I would reframe them to let them know that it's a process, not a diet. And then to where to get started is talking about the fats, right? There's a whole bunch of fats out there that you could eat on keto, but not all fats will get you healthy and reduce inflammation at that cellular level. So I, I would explain to them, hey, you know, I would definitely avoid these rancid bad fats that I know that you're aware of, Kevin. So these industrial seed oils, these vegetable oils, I would even throw fish oil into that category because they're very unstable mm -hmm. and they actually create inflammation around those receptor sites, these integral membrane proteins that sit on the cells and the membrane. And when there's inflammation there, then your hormones can't communicate, the nutrients can't get in, the oxygen, oxygen can't get in as efficiently, and then you get a symptom. But the symptom is a result of the cause. It's not the problem. The symptom, being overweight is a symptom. Having diabetes is a symptom, but that's not the problem. We got to address the root cause. So just removing those bad fats and switching over to more stable fats like avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, ghee, duck fat, lard, these are more stable fats that your cell membranes actually could use for fuel and energy. So I, could, I would start right there. Start with the healthy fats, 
At the same time, you want to start decreasing your total carbohydrates. I don't like the approach of just going cold turkey because uh, the standard American is, the average American is eating about 300 grams mm -hmm. of carbs per day. And if that person goes less than 50 grams tomorrow, oh, it's going to look ugly. They'll get what's called the, the keto flu, but it's really, it's really the carb flu. So I, I like a gradual decrease the way I teach it in my, in my new book, Keto Flex, to eventually start dropping your carbs below total 50 grams for the day. But at the same time, increase those healthy fats, increase your electrolytes, increase your protein. And then in about seven days or so, you should be in ketosis without any of those side effects. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to get started. Because I have some people who I always like uh, put the example, you know, you go to a pool, some people want to jump in and some people want to put their toe and then their leg and then up to their waist. So, you know, it sounds like, you know, that's the way that you kind of prescribe it for, you know, your clients and through your book. So it's an interesting approach. I, I, I really like the emphasis on the cell level. Uh, you know, you've talked about the cell a lot and uh, a lot of my listeners listen uh, listened to us before, you know, we talk about the cell as well. So, you know, that's, it's important that, you know, I think throwing that out there, let people know that, you know, you're healing on the inside and not just, you know, losing weight. Um, now, when we have a lot of patients, uh, we have, uh, we have people who start the ketogenic diet and then, you know, they may be going well, and then they get to a point where they kind of like slow down. You know, they, their, their, their goals, uh, maybe weight loss, uh, maybe, uh, you know, not feeling as well as they should more joint pains or something like that, that they had before. So when someone goes along, you start them on the ketogenic diet, they're doing really well with it and they have a stall. How do you approach, you know, uh, the, the client that has a stall that's not getting the results that they think they should get? Yeah, I would advise them to not pay attention to the scale so much and pay attention to those non-scale non victories, get some lab work done, maybe look at some inflammatory markers and give it a good seven weeks without even stepping on that scale and then paying attention to the other things. So let's say after seven weeks, you step on the scale and it really hasn't, you haven't seen a difference. Well, there might be a time to change things up, right? Maybe you're eating the same set of keto foods. You got to switch to different keto foods to create more uh, diversity in the gut. Maybe you got to add some intermittent fasting if you're not doing that as well but also address like the fundamentals of health, right? Sleep and movement mm -hmm. and stress, make sure that is solid, rock solid. And then you can start incorporating some supplements and some fasting strategies. So always revisit the fundamentals. Uh, sleep is so important for fat loss and for longevity and for the detox. So you got to make sure you're getting at least seven hours of quality sleep. If you're not sleeping right, it's going to be very challenging to lose weight. I've seen a lot of people cut back on sleep to wake up early, to go exercise, to yeah. lose weight, which is completely mm -hmm. backwards, right? If you actually could skip the exercise and get an extra hour or two of sleep, you actually would see more weight loss doing that. Do you track your sleep? I do. I use the aura ring. Well, yeah. I, got think, the, I, I got that and I use a whoop. Have you ever used the whoop oh, before? You, you use both. I, no, I haven't used the whoop. I, I heard good things about it though. I like the, I like the aura ring for my sleep. I like the whoop for my exercise. Mm. So I, uh, it's like, I can't get the best of both worlds. So I just started using both of them to, to see which one I like better. That's how I started with that. That's, yeah. That's an interesting idea. I think I might do that one day too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So uh, as far as like sleep, I know you wrote a, uh, you've written a book about sleep, correct? Yes. And, uh, and with your book, what's some of the main points if someone's listening to this and they're not getting sleep? Having a, a regular nighttime routine, what's called sleep hygiene is, is very important. So turning off anything that's stimulating you, like the, the mainstream media mm -hmm. or social media, 
Uh, anything that's getting the heart rate up, you don't want that at night because you do want a resting heart rate of about 60 beats or less in order to become, a, you know, to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're not getting stimulated at night. Maybe you're wearing some blue light blocking glasses to filter out some of the junk light, help your body produce melatonin. Uh, keeping that bedroom cold, you know, when I say cold, 65 degrees Fahrenheit is a mm -hmm. good sweet spot. Uh, dark as possible, whether you're wearing, you're, you're using blackout curtains or wearing a sleep mask. Uh, what else can you do? Some supplementation, right? Magnesium could be good. Reishi sure. mushroom could be good. Uh, CBD from a quality source could be good. There's a lot of things you can do. I would start with the cold room, dark room, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, let your circadian rhythm get into sync. And then you can start stacking some other biohacks to that. Do you ever use like melatonin or 5-HTP or anything along those lines? Recommend I do. Those? Yeah. I, I love melatonin because something that I found out recently when I interviewed my friend, uh, Dr. John Laurence, because he produces a, like a very high dose melatonin, 200 milligrams in, in really? suppository, it's called Sandman. And the typical has the typical melatonin supplement, which is usually oral, has about three milligrams, six milligram. But I mm -hmm. found out that it's really poorly absorbed when you take it orally. I think, I forget the exact percentage, but I think it was like only like five to 10% is actually absorbed when you take it orally. Um, but the interesting thing that, thing that I found out, Kevin, is that there's no negative feedback loop for melatonin, meaning if you're, if you're taking like testosterone uh, or some sort of other hormone, you're, it could shut down your body's endogenous capability for producing it. But for melatonin, that doesn't happen. And actually every single cell in the body produces melatonin. So you could take melatonin for like six months in a row. I don't recommend that. But if you took melatonin for six months in a row and you stopped taking, uh, you just stopped taking the melatonin, your body would start producing it right off the bat. So I do like melatonin. 5-HTP could be good as well. Some GABA. I know systemic formulas make some good supplements with that in there as well. What, what kind of exercise? What we do is we have four pillars of health. So I'm kind of going around our four pillars of health is a healing diet, sleep, exercise, and prayer. So that's what we base everything that we have on. So I'm kind of going around the table on the four legs that we that we talked about that my uh, listeners probably have listened many many times to us talk about. So exercise. What what do you what do you do for exercise on a personal basis? Oh, personal basis. Yeah. So I, I typically exercise about five to six times per week, but the sessions are really short. So it depends. If I'm doing like a high intensity exercise with a lot of strength training, it's going to be a shorter workout. If I'm doing more cardio, it's going to be a longer workout. So that's a good rule of thumb to follow. By the way, you could exercise hard or you could exercise long, but you don't want them together, right? It's going to be too much of a stressor to the body. So I'll probably strength train four times a week, 30 minutes or so. And then I'll do cardio another two or three times per week for like an hour or so. I do it midday. It works good for my schedule, like 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., I'll either go to the gym in my building here or go to the rooftop and do it outside. That's the best thing to do if you could do it outside and yeah, kind of yeah. get the vitamin D as well. Mm -hmm. So that's my routine. Especially if you're in Miami. Exactly. Yeah. Not in, not in, in our area. Sometimes it's not the best because you don't right. get the sun. Um, so we've talked about, you know, people getting started for the ketogenic diet. You kind of address those and people who have been on it, you know, some of the things that they can do with their exercise, their sleep, and of course their diet we talked about. So let's talk a little bit about a thing that we kind of connected with that I come across you, especially was uh, detoxing. Yeah. And how much of a problem do you see detoxing be as far as people when they struggle with getting the results that they want to get? 
It's a high percentage. Um, everybody needs detox in some form. Uh, as you know, Kevin, not all detox are, are the same. A lot of the detox programs out there are, are more downstream. That right. might, there are not nothing wrong with them, but they're downstream, right? They're not really getting to the toxins that are deep inside of your bones or your tissues or your organs. So it's actually especially important for somebody who's, who has a lot of extra weight because the more fat you have, the more toxins you have because the body actually stores toxins in our fat cells. It activates a pathway called PPARY. When toxins enter the body, it activates this pathway. So those toxins go into your fat cells instead of entering your vital organs and killing you. So it's actually a survival mechanism. So now you're losing weight, five pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds. Your body could shrink fat cells and burn fat cells and release fat cells into the bloodstream. It could burn that. But what happens is when you do that, the toxins get dumped with it and your body cannot burn those toxins. So you could end up auto intoxicating yourself. So somebody might be losing weight and they're not feeling good. It could be this toxicity dump. So detox is so important. It's important to know how to do it. It's, a, it's important to eventually go upstream and get those toxins inside of the tissues. Uh, and the majority of people need to do that. So like when you, when you have somebody that you're detoxing, uh, how do you approach them? Because the, the problem that I have is convincing someone that they need to be detoxed. I agree with you 100%. I understand about in your gut, uh, the auto uh, inoculation, you know, if you do uh, liver detox, but you don't have phase three detox working, then, you know, you're going to reabsorb things. So like, how would, how do you approach and for my listeners that might be listening to some of these symptoms or, or problems that they may be having, how do you approach somebody that you think they, they really need to be detox? I understand that everybody needs to be detox, but if there's someone specifically that's having certain problems, how do you go about that? Yeah, you know, to really help them understand, I would ask them kind of like their health history, right? Do they currently have silver amalgam fillings? Have they ever had silver amalgam mm -hmm. fillings? Has their, their mom had have silver amalgam fillings when they gave birth to them? And then I'll educate them on what that actually means and why that's so detrimental. Um, you know, if you ever lived in a house before 1978, usually they use lead-based paint. I'll educate them on that. And then I'll explain to them, I'll draw that cell and I'll explain to them, like, here's the cell. You have these receptor sites that sit on the cell. These receptor sites connect with your hormones, your fat burning hormone, all of your hormones. But when there's inflammation around that cell, there's going to be a dysfunction, a miscommunication, kind of like Kevin, you're screaming at me, but I have my fingers in my ears. I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. You're frustrated. I'm frustrated. The result is going to be poor. So that's what's happening with our, with our hormones and our nutrients and our oxygen. So diet and exercise and supplementation and fasting can only get you so far. Yes, it has a really good effect if you do it the right way at reducing inflammation, but the number one cause of inflammation around the cell is actually toxins. It's not even sugar or bad fats, all that is bad, but it's actually toxicity. So I would explain that to them. And I explain, look, you've done what you can so far and congratulations, you've got amazing results. But the reason you've kind of hit a plateau here is because there's still an upstream stressor that we got to get to. And then we got to talk about detox and how to prepare you for detox and go through detox. So that's the way that I would word it to them, Kevin. Yeah, because uh, like we use, I think the same kind of program, a 90 day program. And yep. you see so many of these detox out here for you know, like a five-day cleanse or a five-day detox. And, you know, the one thing that, that I'd like, you know, our listeners to really to know is you, you really can't do a complete total cell detox because that's the word you used a lot earlier was you at a cellular level is, is it takes time to do that. 
It you does. Yeah. yeah you, you can't just go in and, and just automatically detox and everything. Cause if you don't have your system ready, you're going to probably have a lot more problems short term right there because of the uh, auto in, in, inoculation and things. Exactly. You're going to do more harm than good because you got to open up your detox pathway. So that's what you're explaining. The TCD program, the first 30 days is the prep phase. We're preparing your body for detox, right? We're opening up those downstream detox pathways. We're not doing detox yet. Right. We got to get you ready for it. And then we move into the body phase and eventually the brain phase, the five day cleanse, the coffee enemas, the castor oil packs, all that's great. It's not going to get you the, the results you want to get. You got to go upstream. And the only way to do it is through a proper detoxification protocol. You know, TCD, true cellular detox is the only one out there that does this. It's the most comprehensive, uh, well-researched and applied detox protocol. There's not one detox protocol in the world that does what TCD does. It's the right way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I hope that people will really understand is, you know, again, we're not talking about your weight. We're talking about your health here. Just want to emphasize, you know, we're, you know, we want you to get healthy and so that you can live a longer health span than, than, you know, you currently are. So uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, starting it uh, stalls as far as on keto uh, long-term. And of course, I know you've written this book, uh, Keto Flex. So, you know, long-term, so many people, when, when I first talked, to someone about doing a ketogenic diet, they say, there's no way I can do that the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I, so how, with KetoFlex, you can talk a little bit about your book and then how your book incorporates, how can you do this for the rest of your life and maintain your health? Yeah, and I would agree with them. Like, I don't want them to be in ketosis for the rest of their life. So yeah, my book, KetoFlex, which comes out uh, actually just a few days from now, April right. 12th, this Monday. I don't know when this is going to be released, but April 12th, it'll be out. Um, I kind of, I outlined my four pillar approach because you have a four pillar approach. Oh, do you? Yeah, I have one okay. too, uh, but it's really related to more keto and fasting. Um, mm -hmm. So what it, the first pillar is the adapt pillar. So we're getting your body fat okay. adapted. We're teaching your body to utilize fat as the primary fuel source instead of glucose, which we know could really help you downregulate inflammation. Once we complete that, which takes about 14 to 21 days. So, so right there, there's a term that some people ask me, what, what do you mean by fat adapt? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So out of the 70 trillion cells in the body, we only have two options for fuel. Either the cells are burning fat and producing ketones. That's one option. Or the other option is actually we're burning glucose uh, via sugar. Same thing. So when we're stuck as a sugar burner, which most people are, I was when I was obese, that's a toxic fuel source. I compare that to a Mack truck that's speeding through the streets with all the smoke being blasted out of the exhaust pipe. That truck, not healthy for the environment, well, when your cells are stuck as a sugar burner, creates a lot of cellular smoke, byproducts, not healthy for your cellular, cellular environment. So we want to teach the cells to actually switch to a fat source, which means you're okay. fat adapted. I compare that to a Tesla cruising through your streets. Okay. So that's what I meant by burning uh, fat instead of sugar. Great question. I'm, I, I knew, I know that you knew that, but I'm glad I know that. Yeah. yeah. But there's some people who, you know, we throw out these terms like me and you could probably geek out on a lot of stuff yeah. right now. And people are just be sitting there with their gla eyes glazed over, but right. I just want to make sure that they understood what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that. So that's, that's what I mean. It takes you about 14 to 21 days to do so. That's different than being keto adapted. That typically takes eight to 12 weeks. Um, so I, we complete that first pillar. I outlined that in my book, keto flex. And then we shift into the second pillar, which is called fast. The second pillar, we practice intermittent fasting strategies. We don't practice that until we are fat adapted, which makes it that much more efficient. Mm -hmm. Once you complete that, which takes about 21 days or so, 
you then shift into the phase pillar, the third pillar. It's called phase because for 30 days, we actually phase out all plant toxins and anti-nutrients and lectins. And we actually do carnivore for 30 days. And mm -hmm. I outlined four ways to do that. So that is going to take you about 60 days to complete those first three pillars. After that, you have earned the badge to start practicing keto flexing, which is the fourth pillar flex. And that's where all the magic happens because there are a lot of problems that can occur. There are four main ones that I outline in the book that can happen when you have chronically low levels of insulin, like when you're in ketosis for too long. Number one, your body will actually start to slow down fat burning because it does this all for the sake of survival. The number one priority for the innate intelligence is survival. So if you only taught the body to use one source of fuel for an extended period of time, what is it going to do? It's going to want to slow down that precious fuel source. It's kind of like you storing firewood in the summertime in your cabin to get ready for the cold winter months. And you only could store about 20 logs of fire. And then the winter rolls around and you have about three or four months of cold temperatures that you need to use firewood to burn up to get through that. Mm -hmm. But you only have 20 logs. You're going to be very slow with how you burn that fuel. You're going to want to preserve that precious fuel source. Same thing when you are stuck in ketosis for too long. But a keto flex day, and I'll outline what exactly that means. It's like your buddy coming over and dumping over like 200 logs of firewood. Now you're going to be more motivated and inspired to ramp up the burning. That's what it's like when you introduce a keto flex day, which is a healthier, high carb day, more protein, not much fasting, low fat to just teach your body to have a different fuel source. And that's what we want. We want, we want that metabolic shift and flexibility to go from burning fat primarily, but being able to go back to glucose and back and forth without a hiccup. So that's the premise behind keto flex. That's awesome. Uh, we do. I've never put the phases there, but I understand the whole process because there's so many people that we've taken through that little pathway. Love and, it. you know, that would be great for, I'm going to get your book or definitely to kind of outline it because it's easier when the, the terminology and the examples you just used. I mean, people can sit there and, and just see what you're talking about. And it, and it kind of clicks a lot easier when, when you have that imagery that you're uh, so eloquently telling us about. So uh, that is coming out. April, you said the 12th? Yeah, this Monday, four days so, from now. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, this is your fourth book? It's my fourth book, and it's my uh, best book yet. It's my premier book, 311 pages, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anything else? Yeah, so uh, another problem that can occur with long-term ketosis, especially for the women out there, is some mm -hmm. thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. Because when you have chronically low levels of insulin, uh, think about the thyroid. The thyroid produces the hormone T4, which is the inactive form of thyroid. It needs to be converted to T3 to be activated and then used by the cells. The T3 hormone is very important. It's so important that every cell has a receptor site for T3. Now, what helps make that conversion is actually insulin. Mm -hmm. So with chronically low levels of insulin, that conversion could begin to dysfunction, if you will, and then it could affect the thyroid. It could affect your energy levels and this whole process of creating energy within the cell. So that's another issue right there. But with the keto flex day, it helps make that hormonal conversion for you. Yeah, I like that because what I find is most women who are, are perimenopausal or menopausal uh, have more problems doing ketogenic, you know, 24, seven, 365. Mm -hmm. They just don't feel as well. 
You know, yeah. I was what I, me and my wife, we do our podcast together and we joke all the time, you know, men are so easy, <laughs> you know, when we're treating women, it's like either what age are you at, what cycle you're at. And yep. it just, it, it makes a big difference. So I think that's a very important part, you know, bringing out the women that if we do have somebody here, or even if your guy and your wife is trying, you know, uh, keto and they're not getting the results, I think that's important to where having somebody like yourself help coach them and you know to me if if when i'm coaching my clients or my patients if i can tell them this is what's going to be happening and this is what to expect you know then you can get by those little hiccups if you don't know they're coming and you're trying to do this yourself you know if you haven't read your book and you don't know these things are coming you know it can just derail you and you say hey you know keto is not the way for me and it's just it's just that you're doing it wrong and i find that so many times it happens all the time, Kevin. Yeah. In the book, I actually have an entire chapter, chapter 12 on keto and fasting for women. And I have an entire section on how to do it if you're a cycling woman and what's the best time to cycle out of ketosis and do less fasting. And then I have another section in that chapter on how to do it if you're postmenopausal. So like you said, it's very important to apply this the right way. Keto is a powerful tool, but like all tools, you got to know how to use that tool. More important than the tool is the person who wields it and uses that tool. So I want to do a really good job. And I think I did with showing you how to do that, no matter what your specific condition or age or gender is. And it, it's very practical to do so as well. I think I listened to one of your podcasts and you talked about like tools and I use fasting as a tool. And I think you were referring to fasting at this time. You said it's like a chainsaw. Yeah. I think that was you, wasn't it? That was me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for the listeners, you know, uh, you, you describe a chainsaw as a good thing, but it also can be a harmful thing if you do not know how to use it. Exactly. And, and again, the imagery there that just stuck with me listening to your podcast is, is we got to use these tools the right way to get the results and the benefits that we want to get. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Um, anything else you want our listeners to know about you? Uh, well, I'm really just passionate about getting the message out there. When we look at the world on this, you know, day and age, we see a lot of disease, like never before cancer, heart disease, obesity, autism, uh, autoimmune disease, but it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. The body was created very strong to thrive, not to just survive and develop, develop disease. As long as we do three things. And I talk about this right in the beginning of my book, Number one, identify interference. So it's similar to the chiropractic philosophy. Number one, identify interference. Number two, work on removing that interference. And it's usually more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And number three, allow your body to heal. So what we want to do is just do our job and activate this innate intelligence within us, which is the world's greatest physician, this innate intelligence that sits within us, just ready, and eager to work for us every single second of every single day, but it's being blocked. We are interfering with it. So we want to identify the interference, work on removing the interference and your body will heal. The body is incredible. The body is capable of healing no matter what you're going through. You just got to do your part and work on removing the interference. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that, that's, that's so awesome. It, it really is. I see it every day. You know, the, if we just let our body heal and, and the things that what I find is like when you're talking about fat cells with toxins in them, you know, it's just your protective, your, your body's protecting you. You may not know it, but it is protecting you. So, you know, that's a good way. That's a good way to end our uh, conversation here. Um, I see, you know, you got keto camp and uh, I know you're on YouTube and uh, anywhere else, you know, if our listeners are wanting to follow you, uh, where else are you at? 
yeah, since we're, I'm on a pod, your podcast now, my Keto Camp podcast could be a great transition for you to check out some of my work. Um, definitely get the book. You can get it over at ketoflexbook.com. There is a Kindle version, a paperback version, and then I'm going into the studio this month to record the Audible version, which should awesome. be out late May, early June. I'm going to be the one reading it. So get the book, gift it for a family member, a friend, you know, your colleagues. This book could change somebody's life. So I really want to encourage you to get it read it, absorb it. And most importantly, after all that, apply it. And then yeah, social media, keto camp, just type it in anywhere. And I'd love to connect with you and just, I'm always accessible for you. Okay. I appreciate you so much uh, taking the time. I know you're a really, really busy man. And, uh, but you know, I think uh, help spreading uh, this encouragement and this knowledge uh, to my listeners uh, will uh, show dividends and probably lives that we'll never really know. But uh, I appreciate you having uh, coming on. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you in the future, you know, just reach out to me. I will, Kevin. That was an awesome interview. You did a great job and you're doing a great job for your community. So thank you so much for the invitation. All right. See you guys. Remember, be fit and be faithful. This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes. As the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.